0: The 411 Live. where well, you
1: can learn about issues that affect us every day. in the world. 411
0: Live. Real people. Real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your 411 Live. Think of this. A couple appears to be so in love. They do things together. They seem like they really enjoy being together. They just seem to fit, fit together. Then something happens. What? Infidelity. How do you rebound from that? Hello, I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is The 411 Live. We are going to talk about infidelity. It's a tough subject, but it's an important subject. And joining me to talk about it is my guest, Trey Kearney. She is a certified life relationship coach and author. So welcome to you, Trey. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, you are so welcome. This is a heavy topic,
1: but so many people experience this, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. It is a heavy topic, and that's why I'm so thankful that you guys invited me to be here because many platforms don't want to talk about this, but it is a necessary evil. Absolutely.
0: So you offer a lot of healing help for people who have committed adultery, uh, people who have been victims of adultery, people who are going through a divorce because of it, people trying to, you know, build back the relationship after it, a lot of different things. So we have a lot to unpack. But as we're doing that, first off, let's talk about your qualification because of life lessons.
1: So tell me the story of Trey. Um, well, I got here by way of committing adultery. So um I was met in a marriage and uh, you know, time wasn't being spent. My ex-husband is a, was a workaholic and still is a workaholic, but I was a very young bride, so I really didn't know how to communicate to him that I wasn't really getting the thing that I need. So someone came in that crack in the door and paid attention and gave me attention and gave me some fun some time, and it just snowballed out of effect to where I left my home with my children. The man who I left to be with was married. He left his home from his wife and children. And it was just a devastating time as we got into it because it's all fun and games until you're in a home together and the responsibilities start to kick in. It's all fun and games to when it's not just fun anymore because we were just really having fun we had a whole nother life going on. And it just was so devastating toward the end for my children, his children, my family, my ex-husband's family, his family, his ex-wife's family. It just caused so much um, drama. It just caused, it destroyed legacies. It destroyed families. It destroyed relationships. Because a lot of times people don't understand the trickle down of infidelity. It just not, it does not just affect the husband and the wife and the person who's cheating, it affects people who loved my ex-husband for my family. I connected these people. We we formed bonds with these people. His family connected with her family and it just disrupted so much. Infidelity is so disruptive. It destroys legacies. It destroys generations. And if only I had just said no to somebody else's husband and yes to mine and just been mature enough to to do that. And I don't blame myself because I was in an immature state. I got married when I was 21. I had really never experienced life on my own. So when things didn't go my way, I just did what I thought was best for me.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you've been on the receiving end on infidelity as well, right? Yeah.
1: So the man that I left my husband for that left his wife for me, actually uh, cheated on me a lot of times. And it and it devastated me. And let me tell you, Beverly, the, the thing that really hurt me, it really hurt me that he cheated on me. It de- like it pierced my soul because I took my kids out of the home and I disrupted a lot of things thinking that this was my soulmate. We were gonna be together forever. And when he cheated on me and I saw the pain that I had left my ex-husband in and the pain that I had left his ex-wife and that is what devastated me to my core cause I knew how they felt. And I lived in this bubble of guilt for so long. I lived in this prison of guilt for so long because I didn't know how to release myself from, I knew that me being cheated on, I was on the floor in the bathroom, balled up in a knot, sometimes getting out of the shower, just trying to understand it. were nights that he disappeared and I thought he was dead on the side of the road. And I'm, you know, I'm calling around, Thank have you me. seen and where it's so, for them to have experienced that at the hands of me devastated me to my core. So that's why I began to talk about it because I never want another family to experience the pain that I know that I experienced, that I know they experienced. And it just helped me to begin to heal and unpack as I was on my journey. I believe truth plus transparency equals healing. Me dealing with my truth, being transparent with the world began to help me heal.
0: You know, I really, really appreciate the courage that it takes to step out and tell your story because a lot of people would not want to disclose what they did, what happened to them. And you are doing that to help other people. So I think, you know, kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. Cause there are so many people who are going through it and thinking, you know, I'm the only one or what do I do now? Or they're still on that floor crawled, curled up in that ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So looking back as your, your journey of unpacking and, you know, that self-reflection, self-awareness, looking at all of this stuff. I know you talked about uh, immaturity, but yes. are, are there so, some things that you have learned that you, you didn't have the tools in your toolbox to get yes.
1: from doing this? Yes. I, I mean, there's a lot of people who grew up in dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So Beverly, when dysfunction is normal, it's just normal. We have to learn that dysfunction is not normal. My stepdad was married and he lived with us. My stepdad, my mom's boyfriend, my mom was a side chick, basically. And it it wasn't like, it wasn't mentally like that because he was with us all the time. He had left his wife, but they had not gotten a divorce. Uh They had not parted. He just moved in with us and life went on. So when that's what's normal for you, that's what you do. So along my journey, I learned that I had to unlearn some things that I saw my parents do because my stepfather was my father. He was very present in my life. They just didn't do it the right way. So I had to learn that dysfunction is not normal. That was not a normal relationship. This is not how you operate when you want to be with somebody. If a relationship is not working, you leave you end the relationship before you start another one. Right. But so many of us don't know that because that's not what we saw growing up in the 70s, 80s, and even the 90s. So I wanted to unpack a lot of stuff for me so I didn't put that boulder on my children's back that they would think that when you're done, you just you just walk off and, and you don't complete what you finished over here. And I, I also learned that you know, we have to be accountable for who we are when we are adults. Like I can't use the excuse that My parents did this or that. And so many of us walk around like my mother was this or my father was that. That was my mother's story. That doesn't have to be my story. So I had to learn that I am where I am based on my choices. I committed adultery based on a choice and based on immaturity. So I needed to go and strengthen that muscle where I was immature, which was communication. I believe that every person cheats and we all have our reasons. I'm sorry. We all have an, like, our excuses. Mm-hmm. I believe that every person cheats because they're immature in a certain area, whether they're immature in money and it causes a breakdown in a relationship, whether they're immature on communication and it causes a breakdown in a relationship, whether they're immature, not knowing their body and they can't sexually be satisfied. It's, it's an immature area where we need to strengthen our muscle. And people ask me, why? Why did you cheat? Cause I was immature and I just did what I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't think about the effects that it would, would the, the pain that it would cause other people. I didn't think about how it would affect other people. I wasn't in that state of mind. I was immature and it was about Trey. This is what mm-hmm. I need. I need somebody to pay attention to me. And when old boy came and was paying attention to me, I was good with that. When we was having fun, I was good with that. And I was saying to myself, I was getting what I needed. And I want women to understand who are going through this. Who are going through the devastation of infidelity, whose whose husband is out with somebody, that woman is not doing it to harm you. She's not doing it to hurt you. She's immature, she's insecure, and she's not thinking about anybody right now. Along her journey, she may, but I always tell the wives too, you also have a choice here. Because when I deal with infidelity and working through things with couples and people, I tell them everybody is responsible and accountable for their part in infidelity, right? Mm-hmm. I hold the wife accountable for infidelity and I hold the side chick accountable for infidelity. Wife, you are accountable to your children watching this go on and making this normal for them. You have a voice, you have a choice. A lot of, and I hold the side chick accountable because a lot of side chicks say, oh, well, he's the one that's married. What about you? What does that say about you as a person? Remove her from the equation. What does it say about you as a person that you would sleep with somebody else's husband, that you would allow a man to sleep with you? Get up, sometimes not even take a shower and rush home to his wife to sleep with her because don't think that they're not. I've been on both sides of the fence. Okay, I, I've seen this happen and, and go home and pretend like I wasn't with another man to have to satisfy my husband. And husbands do it all the time to pretend like they wasn't another wasn't with okay. another woman to run home, jump in the shower, and have to sleep with their wife. So side chicks, you're not special. You're easy and you're convenient. And this is what the men tell me. No, she's not special. She's easy. She's convenient. And she makes herself available anytime I want to be with her. So the responsibility is on all of us and the accountability. And I'm big on that.
0: Wow the woman knows of which she speaks. Okay. Now (laughs) you have the um, talking about the side chick, you have this pledge, no side chicken pledge, which when I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, this is good. Will you read that? Yeah.
1: As actually I don't have to read it. The hashtag no side chicken pledge is a pledge to um, for women to take and to honor guard and respect each other's relationships and to honor God and respect ourselves in hopes of ending the infidelity epidemic.
0: Wow. Wow. So, yes. so you're saying basically don't look at it like, you know, I'm getting all this from this guy, I'm having fun with this guy, but just broaden the picture. Look at, look at it from all angles and seeing that you're just this piece but this yes. man has his whole life, and you're yes. a, really an insignificant piece.
1: Yes, you're you're just filling a void. Yeah. Most men go outside of the home because there's something that that's not being fulfilled, and 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 to the wives, there is no way in the world that you are blamed for a man deciding to go and stick his penis in another woman. That is that is his responsibility. But there are some things that don't go on at home that we have to be aware of as wives. Men do need communication. Men do need affirmation. Men do need to feel like they're needed. Men do need to feel heard. Men do need to feel loved. Men do feel to be, need to feel to be valued like they still matter in the house. We don't want them to treat us like a piece of furniture, but sometimes we get into relationships and we get comfortable when the kids come, I don't have time for you. We put our man on the back burner all the time. When the girlfriends call, I gotta go hang out. When mom calls or, or, or when duty calls, when work calls, we are quick to put the man on the back burner. So we have to really understand that when that void, when there's a void and, and there's no excuse for him to go be with another woman, but he will go fill it. And sometimes it is another woman. Sometimes it could be alcohol, food, drugs, whatever. But a lot of the times it's another woman because women hone in, right? We we see a man at work and he comes to work. He's unhappy. What do we do? Hey, he looks like you're having a bad day. Yeah. And then we come next day, oh, I I baked cookies last night. I made you some. Oh, my goodness, your cologne smells so good. Oh, you look so nice. Oh, let me treat you to lunch. So he's being affirmed in so many areas. And if that woman can hone in on his love language, we have a problem. If it's affirmations, oh, you do such a good job at work. Oh, if it's acts of service, oh, thank you so much for lifting that box for me. If he's hearing that constantly on a job or, or in another situation, we have a problem if we're not doing it at home. So I'm encouraging wives, be who you were when the relationship first started. I'm not saying that kids don't come in and things get crazy. I have kids of my own. Right. I'm not right. saying that we have to work a job. I'm just saying be attentive to your man because if you're not, somebody else is willing to. And some, just like us as women, men are vulnerable too. Men have weak spots. So we don't wanna really leave that crack in the door. We wanna have these check-ins, like, you know, maybe every three months to say everything okay? What's going on at the job? You know, um, are you sexually satisfied? Am I spending enough time with you? I'm sorry I spoke to you that way. Thank you so much for making sure that the mortgage is paid and the car note is paid. We have to be attentive to our men if we want to, because we want them to be attentive to us. And when, when they're not, Like I said, so I creep, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I'm speaking from experience, you know, he wasn't attentive and it was a crack in the door. Yeah. And like I said, it was, he's not responsible for the fact that I cheated because I'm accountable for that. But we are, two people are accountable for the breakdown in a relationship. The person who cheats is accountable for his cheating, but cheating happens way, there's a breakdown in a relationship long before a man or a woman goes out to cheat. Right. Right.
0: You were talking about, um, and we're almost about to take a break and we're going to come back and and finish this, but you were talking about communication and you were talking about the things that you need to say, affirming and different things with your mate. And good communication is when you have a void within you, some need is not met to be, I don't know, be I don't know what the word is, but to speak to your husband and tell tell them what what is missing, right? What the void is,
1: right? We Be secure to enough to, to do that. Yeah, but we we have to we have to learn how to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. We all come from different lenses. In my home, there was really no communication. Things just went on. We didn't sit down and have conversations about is everybody okay and right. You know how's life going and what about school and did you do this? So we didn't sit down and have those conversations, so I had no communication skills. I didn't even know what communication was. It was just day to day. You know, there there is a a give and take in communication. When someone comes to you with a problem, it's not a time for you to dump on them. It's a time for you to solve that problem. Like if I come to you and say, Beverly, listen, you know, at work yesterday, you know, you were a little snippy and you yelled at me. It's not a time for you to say, well, what about the time when you, did this or did that to me, it's a time to say, oh my goodness, that was not my intention at all. I appreciate you coming to me. And then if you have a problem with me, that's not the time to address it. When that has been settled, then you should go and the next time come on your own time and say, hey, I wanted to talk to you about something. And when I went in therapy, when I was in therapy, the therapist called that dish piling. Nothing gets solved if you keep piling dishes on top of a problem. Well, you did this and then you did that. Well, you did this and then you did that. No.
0: Nobody's listening.
1: No, we have to stay on topic. If I come to you, Beverly, you didn't have a problem with me until I came to you and said I had a problem. And that is not effective communication. Communication is a skill. And sometimes it's underdeveloped in a lot of us. And we have to learn how to communicate. We have to learn what type of communicator we are. You may be a passive communicator. I may be aggressive. I'm gonna eat you up if you don't know the type of communicators. But if you know about passive, passive aggressive, assertive, you know how to deal with the people on your job and in your house. But if you don't know these things, because people think when you say communication, it's Trey talking and Beverly listening? Is Beverly talking and Trey listening? No, there's styles and types of communication. Right. We have to know about these things and we have to build these things and we have to unlearn some forms of communication. Because if you came from a place where people in your home were just yelling and screaming, that's normal to you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a trigger for some of us, you know? So we have to be mindful of how to communicate and what communication does to certain people.
0: All right, we're gonna pause. We're gonna come back on this communication issue. Let's take a quick break. You are listening to the 411 Live, real people, real talk. We'll be right back.
1: Every day, every day, millions of people are connecting.
0: And even though we're overcoming obstacles, watching each other's backs,
1: and banding together,
0: we should still make an effort, we
1: should still make an effort, to get
0: to know each other, on a deeper level, father, cosplayer, mentor, actor,
1: It's time we take a step forward.
0: It's time we take a step forward. Come together
1: and discover how accepting our differences can make make us stronger. If I could be you, and you could be me for just one hour. If we could find a way to get inside each other's minds. Walk a mile in my shoes. Welcome in my shoes well, before you abuse, criticize and accuse. Walk a mile
0: in my shoes. Welcome back to the 411 live. We are talking to Trey Kearney. She's a certified life relationship coach and author. And we're talking about relationships and infidelity. And we were talking uh, when we ended on communication. And you know you made a good point because a lot of times we are defensive. We take things personal. Somebody comes to you and says, you know, I, I really didn't like the way you said that or whatever. And it's, well, I didn't like the way you did this. There's a defensiveness,
1: you know, yeah. we can't really take that criticism. Right. And and that's a learned behavior. I mean, I haven't always been a good communicator, After I went and got help, I know how to communicate now, but we have to be Mm self-aware of who we are and and what are those skills that we need to hone in on. What are those skills that we need to learn? Like I said, nobody taught me about communication. I was just winging it. Like, okay, you yell at me, I yell at you. You say something smart to me, I say something smart to you. And watching my mother deal with my stepfather, my mother was disrespectful to him. So mm. that's how I learned how to deal with men. Like, you know, don't be telling me what to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that's what I learned. My aunties, they were the same way and they weren't married. So I didn't see that happy marriage or I didn't see that healthy marriage. I didn't see those skills. I saw what? Don't be taught, talk- don't tell me what to do. Yeah, I'll come in at four o'clock in the morning. That's not healthy behavior. So I had to learn that, you know, those things are not healthy. And the way that my mom and my stepfather communicated, they yelled and screamed and fought. So for me, I have non-negotiables in my relationships where you you can't scream at me. That's a trigger for me. That triggers me because I knew that that after screaming, and these are forms of communication because communication is not talking, only talking is body language. I know that when somebody communicated for me and it was yelling and screaming that the fists were flying next. So I had to learn to, one, learn that everybody that yells or raises their voice is not going to hit me because that was a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn, you know, sometimes people just get upset. And if they've never done that to you before, I had to let some things go. But that's what my mental told me about communication that once a person yells, next there is physical uh, a physical altercation. So we have to unlearn some things and then we have to learn some things from people who are healthy communicators. We have to read about it. Like what is communication? We have to look at, go around people who have healthy relationships and see a husband and a wife communicating or a boyfriend and a girlfriend or a fiance, you know, communicating with each other in a healthy way in order to say, oh, that's possible. Yeah. She she really talks nice to him and he really talks nice to her. And we have to believe that it is possible. We are quick to believe negative things, people fighting and yelling and screaming. And then we'll see somebody who's loving and kind on social media or in front of us. Yeah. We'd we'll be like... I bet you they ain't like that at home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, maybe they are. Can right. we can we believe the possibility that they are ha- happy, healthy marriages instead of thinking everybody is fighting and screaming? Right. But that, again, is a mind shift. Yeah. You know, when you talk
0: about infidelity, I was thinking I have so many friends. Well, I'm not like I have, you know, 20 friends that are going through this. But I have a few friends who have hit that infidelity wall Yes. Um, I have, um, and, and the reaction is different. So yes. I have a friend whose husband, um, you know, committed adultery and she was devastated, but she did everything she could to bring him back. Yes. Bring him back. But, yes. but he was gone. He was gone. Right. And then I right. had another friend. It happened to her as well. She did everything to bring him back. He stayed but it was rough really yes. rough and then and i you know a a previous conversation we had then i've i've had the infidelity that people don't think of it as that but he never physically had the you know the physical relationship with the other woman mm-hmm. but his mind he fell in love yes. with her
1: yes so i you know that's just as bad that and- that's i mean to have that emotional intimacy is so much deeper than just having sex because it's hard to disconnect from somebody, somebody emotionally that has tapped into that inner part of you that nobody else understood. That's why I said for wives, we have to be careful when we, when we're um, not paying attention to our relationship and that other woman comes in and taps into that love language Mm. and taps into that intimacy that your husband Probably didn't get growing up, but that's a whole nother conversation. But a, a, a intimate uh, emotional affair is just as devastating as a physical affair, and a lot of people don't understand that. It's it's so devastating to know that the man that you love and the man that you trust, or the woman, is sharing their most intimate thoughts. Is is connecting not not physically, but is connected mentally in a, in a, in a touch or a talk or a smile or a text message or a phone call can give them the feeling that's better than the orgasm. Yeah. So a lot of times we think that it's, it's, oh, he's sleeping with her, he's banging her, or she's sleeping with him because the sex is good. And you know, no, sometimes it's an emotional connection and that's that void that they're feeling. And that is the toughest connection to break. And sometimes men and women think that they have it with two people, but that's that's just a level, like I said, uh, monogamy is comes from maturity, right? Because uh, monogamy requires self control, and self control requires maturity. So we we have to understand that we we're not loving two people at one time. There's a void that both people are feel filling. So a lot of times we need to be whole on our own. So we don't need voids to be filled so that we can be attentive to one person. So we're not looking outside of ourselves for happiness because happiness is an inside job. I'm happy by myself. Yes, I do want a man. I do want to be married, but I'm good by myself. So when I get into a relationship with a man, there's no voice that I need to fill. So I don't have to look outside of myself for him, for a gym partner, for him, for money, for him for sex, I don't have to have five in the bush, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm good by myself, but I love him because his qualities and, and the things that he's doing, he's good by himself. One whole man and one whole woman equals one whole relationship.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like two that.
1: Broken, yeah. two, a broken man and a broken woman equal a situationship, and those are the things that we don't want.
0: Right, right. You know, one thing, too, about you is you don't do male, male bashing.
1: No, and I, like no, that. I I have three sons. I have a 26 year old, a 21 year old and a 12 year old. And I'm a, I'm an advocate for black men. I have a podcast called men hurt too. And it's a safe space where men get to share their truth. I don't bash men because one, the main part reason why I don't because men are human beings first. Yeah, Men are humans. They're, they are flawed. They make mistakes just like we do. So we have to give them that level of compassion and empathy and space to grow like we give women. So if we bashing somebody, I always say this, blame causes guilt, right? Mm -hmm. Accountability causes growth. So me blaming and bashing a man ain't gonna do nothing but make him feel guilty and guilt leads to anger and poor behavior. Accountability leads to growth. So I hold men accountable. I just don't think it's necessary to bash them and make them feel like, oh, all men are dogs because we have enough of that in the media, enough of that in society that is trying to tell us that, you know, men are no good when there are a lot of good men. And I want women who have been affected by infidelity to understand, don't let that one or two men skew your vision of love. Mm. Mm -hmm. That was two men out of billions of men. So you want to base your whole opinion about men on two men and probably one that you met when you were very young. You didn't know who you were and he didn't didn't know who he was. Right. Right. So don't, don't base your whole view of love, your whole vision of love on what two men did to you. I've been in three serious relationships in my life. I can't base every man on three men that I met in different stages of their lives. Some of them were one, of, some of them were immature. Others were too mature. Cause my my ex-husband was nine years older than me. Okay. So he was already at a level of knowing things that I had not experienced. And you were and like 22.
0: Guy,
1: yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so the other guy was the same age and he hadn't he hadn't matured. So we can't base our whole vision of what a man is supposed to be on two or three men. When you coach
0: um, people, uh, because you're a relationship coach, uh, is it tough to get them out of blame and into the accountability
1: space? It's a growth process. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Healing is a process. So it's a growth process. It takes time to get them out of the blame game. But my thing is when they say, well, hey, no, we're not here for him. We're here for you. Mm. What do you need? What are you going to do with the men too? Well, she or they, or my mother, mm-mm. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here about your personal growth and development. How can we change that for the next time? How can we change that in all of your relationships? Let's look at you. What do you bring to the table? How did you react to that? What did that reaction bring you? So I do self-reflection and it just, it's it's a process. Each time they you stop hearing more them and more me, you stop hearing more them and more I, and it's like, oh well, I, and it's like, oh, okay, now we're getting somewhere but it is a process, but each person goes through the process at different times. And it takes a little longer for some people, but if you're willing to go through the process of healing, if you're willing to work on each other, it's only gonna make you better. And, and I, when I met my coach, she'll tell you, Dr. DC Marshall, I went kicking and screaming. And she would say to me, no, no, but we, he, they, them, we're here for you, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, but when she's like, you, you can kick and scream if you want. But until you stop pointing that way and start looking inside of what you need and who you are, you're not going to get to where you want to be. And you can be, do, and go anywhere you want once you internally know who you are and you are a whole person and you take responsibility for your actions and you will become better because you are where you are based on your choices. If you don't like where you are, make better choices.
0: Very good. Very good. So people who are listening who feel stuck or people who are in a devastating position where they're still, you know, on the floor, in the ball, crying, um, people who need to need the help to getting to that next level, to looking at that st- self-awareness, the, the whole thing. You're there. You're a life coach. They can contact you, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Get help. That's that's the main thing, Beverly. So many people are trying to do this on their own. If you have a heart condition, you go to a doctor. If you have, you know, a mental issue, you go to a psychologist. If you have an issue on infidelity, I have experienced it. And there is no better person to help other people than people who have experienced what you've been through and overcome. But nobody can help you if they don't know that you need help. You don't have to be on a ball on the floor by yourself. You don't have to cry every day alone. You're not the only person that's been through this. Seek help. I always tell people, just ask for help. That is the one thing that got me from where I was to where I wanted to be, was seeking my coach. I heard her on a a podcast, on um, Girlfriend's Pray. That's where I met her, a friend of mine, when I was really going through the devastation of infidelity. It was really bad, like my whole life seemed like it was just over. And she said, her name was Susie. She said, you need to get on Girlfriends Pray. And I was like, well, what is that? And she's like, it's a prayer line for women. And I was like, I ain't praying for nobody. She was like, you don't have to pray. They pray. They intercede. They pray for you. And uh, D.C. Marshall, my coach, is the founder of Girlfriends Pray. And I heard her on it afterwards. She said, you know, I'm a life coach and I have this program. And she was just telling about it. And I said, I ain't paying this lady to talk to her. And then she said, you know what? I don't need your money. This is for you. I have businesses. And that was it for me. It clicked. I said, you know what? I need to talk to her. And, and from there, I have reached out. I made a way. I couldn't afford it at the time, but I made a way. I cut out buying coffee every day. I got a Keurig. <laughs> and I made a way. So don't say I can't afford it because people have All excuses. Right. I can't afford it. I, it's too much. I can't. No. The only way to move forward and to be better is to ask for help. You Excellent. are not alone and you don't have to go through it alone. How can someone get in touch with you? You can find me at www.traykearney.com. 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 You can follow, friend, and like me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all things at Trey Kearney.
0: All right. I need to mention that you have two books. Um, it's Healing Time, Restoring Hope in Women After Infidelity and Men Hurt too, which I love that title. That's great. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I wish we had more time to talk because you have so much to give, but we we got a taste and people can get more of it, read your
1: books or, you know,
0: contact you. So thank you again.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you opening up your platform to talking about infidelity because it is a subject that many don't want to talk about, but it's necessary to talk about. I
0: agree. I agree. Thank you again. Hey, and thank you for joining us for another edition of The 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. Remember, we're a nonprofit organization. If you're so inclined to help us out, go to our website, the411live.org. Until next time, I'm Beverly Taylor. This is The 411 Live. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like and watch us on Facebook. Watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website, the411live.org.